I've learned a long time ago I'm not smart enough to lie anymore, so I just tell the truth and let the rest fall where it may. Every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's Unsportsmanlike Convo. And here are your hosts, Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. Hello, everybody. It is also April 15th, still April 15th, still in self-isolation. If you haven't listened to the last episode, do that first. We uh, are still with special guest Glenn Kulka. Now, in the first episode, we talked about all of your uh, sporting endeavors, your CFL experience, your WWE experience, pro hockey, MMA, all of that side of it. And... You know, obviously, we Pep and I had a lot of follow-up questions. Pierre, a lot of wrestling questions. Um, yeah. But with that, we put it into one episode. We're going into part two. We want to get into your post-sports uh, life and, and a couple things that, um, you know, when we were setting up this interview, you you were very strongly opinionated about wanting to talk about certain things afterwards that uh, you feel is important. And obviously, you know, I know Pierre and I have our own, not to that degree, but our own experience with some of that as well. Um, And we're talking obviously some post-concussion syndromes. Uh, Anyway, we want to move into that stage of your life. So uh, Glenn, thank you for still being with us because this has obviously gone on uh, longer than we anticipated. Um, but uh, yeah, let's uh, let's talk about what your life is like after um, all the sports that you've played. Well, um, it's uh, an interesting situation. Can you guys hear me? You're good. Yep. Yeah. All right. Um, it, it's um, you know I, I played three contact sports professionally. I have definitely uh, am at the bad end of a spectrum. Uh, as far as my post-concussion um, syndrome is concerned, um, you've heard a lot of talk about uh, CTE, um, mm-hmm. the, the issues that go on with the protein buildup in the front part of the brain. And, and um, you know, I've been supervised by a doctor, uh, a Dr. Kwan here uh, in Ottawa for uh, going on five, six years at least. I've been supervised. Uh, I've had the tests done and uh, they redo the tests every year, every two years, and to see how you're slipping and how where areas you're slipping in and all those kind of fun things. Um, but it's been a trial. It, it's, it truly has been a testament of uh, uh, my abilities to overcome uh, a lot of things. And um, through uh, our, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, uh, I have an ability to uh, meditate myself into having some decent times but um, during the bad times, guys, it was, uh, you know, just the, the, the stereotypical uh, concussions that you hear about, um, you know, the, the, the headaches, um, you know, to the point where, you know, it feels like somebody's pushing on the back of your eye. It's not really, I don't even used to call them headaches. I call it a pain behind my eye, um, you know, that type of thing on you know, a daily basis for a month or two, uh, that kind of wears on you pretty good. Uh, there was about a six or seven month period that I, I physically uh, had vertigo or, or dizziness um, so much uh, in the mornings that I would physically be sick. Uh, as soon as I would touch my foot down uh, after waking up, uh, I would feel dizziness and then I would go to the bathroom and I would vomit. Um, I would do that first thing in the morning every day for it was at least almost seven months, wow. uh, I think, uh, 
pretty tough to kind of go on and, and, and finish the rest of your day um, uh, after after that. Um, so you haven't eaten and, and all the other above that goes along uh, with that uh, feeling sick and, and feeling dizzy. Um, that and, and, and just um, things as far as um, inability to control your own thoughts, um, inability to say, okay, this is what I'm going to think about today because you're just bombarded with these small fractions of thoughts uh, and you don't really have a control over which ones are coming into your head and which ones aren't. Um, so that, um, and to kind of make it in layman's terms for most people, um, it's like you have a database and uh, you don't have as much as everybody else. So I get tired faster. Uh, you get, uh, you get uh, fatigued much quicker. Uh, with that, if you don't eat properly, uh, you'll, you'll feel that as well in, in all the side effects. Um, so, um, it's, 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 uh, it's a big challenge. It's a big challenge. I, I'm doing quite well right now as we speak. Um, I've really found a good, good balance of meditation and praying and that kind of thing. And then, and guys, I just want to make this very clear that it's not for everybody. I know the God thing. And, uh, I want to make it very clear that as long as you believe that there's something up and above you and you're not the only thing, uh, here on this earth, uh, to me, that means you're spiritual. Uh, I use God because it fills in my blanks very well. And it really, really helps me to facilitate and get through my days. Um, uh, but it's not for everybody. I understand mm -hmm. that. Uh, so I don't want those who aren't God people to turn this off because it's mostly through the meditation and my ability to shut off all of the noise that's on the outside of my head and outside of my brain so that I can become mindful of being with you guys right now. Uh, that saves me the energy that I need to do this interview. Um, my meditation allows me not to worry about my past, not to worry. Uh, and if I'm thinking about my future to make sure it's positive. Uh, and so it doesn't burn up a lot of that space or that data that you use. Uh, for most people that they got tons of it and an endless supply of it where mine just wears out much, much quicker and much faster. Um, so that, that, that's, uh, I, I guess in a nutshell, if there's such a thing that you can possibly do, because I know, uh, with the post-concussion stuff, it's very individually, uh, orientated for each, each person as far as what areas they have troubles in, uh, what bothers them. Um, I can't go to football games. I can't go to hockey games. I can't go to anything with a group setting like that because it's just too much commotion going in front of me. Mm. So that information center gets used up that much quicker and i usually have to end up just shutting my eyes and meditating while i'm sitting there on the north side south side watching a football game uh and then my kids know that we can only stay for one period of a hockey game or uh, half of a football game is uh is all i can get through so is it the end of the world no is it is it a big factor in, in what i'm able to do for the rest of my life yeah it is yeah is it a blessing in disguise that the uh, uh, the Red Blacks and the Senators all suck, so there's no point of going to those games anyway? Yeah, it doesn't. That, that does help a lot. It takes a sting out of it for sure. Uh, and we get offered tickets all the time, and, and unfortunately, I, I just can't. I can't do it. I mean, there's also this this cost uh, to reward ratio. So I know if I went to half a football game, that I'm going to need two or three days at the after that to recover. So oh, yeah. there's. Yeah, so I haven't been to a game with my son, so then I know I'm going to do that, but I know enough about myself that I'm going to have to take those two days, and, and literally I might not be able to get out of bed for one or one or one and a half days or two days. Uh, so 
it's a it's a balance you you know is it worth it and some things are worth it some things it's not and the things that aren't you just don't do them anymore that's all and aside from uh, aside from the meditation and the and the spirituality are there physical things that you're doing to try to improve that like i know you know jim mcmahon does puzzles uh i've read a couple of things about guys doing uh, brain teasers just to keep their their brain fresh and in fact jim mcmahon had a procedure on the lower part of his neck to release some fluid that had built up um causing some more headaches um are there things i'm not suggesting those are those are for everybody but for him it works have you explored the physical more of a physical aspect of it um does dr kwan have you on a on a program or um, they don't, you know, they, they, they understand what's going on. Um, but they don't even like all the nutritional stuff that I've learned, I've learned myself. Um, they are, they're doctors. Um, at the end of the day, they're doctors. They're pretty quick to write you a new script. Um, they're pretty quick to try a new, uh, stabilizer, uh, of some kind to get you out of the depressions and all that stuff. And, uh, I just find they make me numb and, uh, I don't like that feeling at all. So um, that the the stimulation you're talking about, or the the growing of the brain and 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 uh, the ability to regenerate new tissue in those areas, uh, I get through the meditation. Uh, what I do is I see things in the future. Uh, I go over them in my head, and they always have a good outcome because <laughs> I'm the one controlling it. So um, it, it, I believe there's a. a Dr. Joe Dispenza, um, a lot of people don't uh, understand him. He's a little bit out there. He says he can cure cancer and a lot of things that I don't like when guys start uh, saying stuff like that because that's up to God, not to, not some guy that can meditate. Uh, but that being said, it's his meditation that this um, space that I go to, I just release that. That's For me, it's God. So when they talk about space or releasing it to uh, to an area, they want you to go into space. Well, that's for me. It's it just brings God that much closer to me. So it just works. It just works for me, and um, it, it helps me to get through my days at a reasonable manner. When did you uh, again? You know, we don't have to go too far into. It, but when did you really get in touch with your spiritual side? Because I I don't. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but. I don't recall that being, and whatever, back in the day, it wasn't as prevalent to understand what players' backgrounds were and what they their hobbies were and what their beliefs were uh, as much as they are today because of social media and everything. But um, from a, sample, a fan standpoint, I'm not putting Glenn Kalka in the religious spiritual side when we're driving uh, Andrew Stewart through her plate glass window. So, you know, <laughs> at some point that may have been, uh, kind of brought into your life? Was that sort of after sports and when you're dealing with the concussions or was this something that has always kind of been part of your life? Well, I've always had a spirituality to me. I've always believed in God. Um, I've, I've always believed that there is a higher power uh, out there and that it's something that's greater than you and I. Uh, and uh, for me, like I said, God works. But it hasn't been since, um, Brock, and, and you identified, you hit it on the head, since I've really needed him and needed this lifestyle and needed that extra space in my brain uh, so that I can function with my kids and so that I can still do certain uh, events with them. Uh, and I still even uh, try and part-time okay. coach. You know, I just can't commit to those three practices a week like all the other coaches can. Uh, but I still do as much as I possibly can. Um, what regulates that? Sorry, I forgot my train of thought. Uh, uh, yeah, your belief, your your uh, your newfound so religion. 
I've always had that in the back of the burner. It's always been on the back burner, Brock uh, and Pep. But it's this last while where um, I've completely released myself to Christ. So I don't have to worry about anything anymore, plain and simple. Um, so that's another reason why it works. Who wants to worry about your past and making amends? And Well, he died on a cross for our sins. So that's done. It's over. Uh, I'm not going to dwell on it. All I'm going to dwell on is the things that I can do now that are going to improve my relationship with my kids and my wife and, and make myself a better Christian and a better person, period. Being a better Christian is just a better person, uh, period. You know, like saying hi to people, being compassionate, thinking of others before yourself, uh, doing to unto your neighbor as you'd have them do unto you. Uh, a lot of simple things that um, are a pretty good way to raise your children. Yeah, no, I uh, I agree. Um, your sports career was kind of through a, uh, a couple of decades where, um, you know, the knowledge and understanding of the brain injuries that can be sustained wasn't necessarily where it is today. So um, when you were going through all that, how many documented concussions would you say you actually had officially and versus how many weren't documented? Well, it would probably depend on the definition of what you'd consider a concussion. I mean, if you talk to the doctors, anytime your brain bounces off your skull, mm-hmm. that is a mild form of a concussion. Uh, it's also a mild form of a stroke because it's stopping and impeding that blood flow for that split second to your brain. So it's a mini stroke that you're having mm-hmm. all the time. Uh, I remember uh, going to do a boxing match in Edmonton, and um, they, I did the MRI, and they said, you, you've had a stroke. And they said, uh, you've had, and I was like, what? Because they know what, they've always talked concussions with me. Yeah. Nobody's ever talked to a stroke and said the word stroke. Well, that obviously got my attention. I, I didn't fight because of it. I, uh, I, I pulled out of the fight, uh, not realizing then that it basically every time you have a concussion, you're basically having a small stroke. Uh, or they can define it as that. So depending on how the definition bounces around, we're just about 30, 25, 30 concussions. Um, wow. You know, you have to understand that uh, in the mixed martial arts world, when you're training, you are getting punched in the head every day. Um, every fight you're getting concussed, I almost guarantee that, other than the guys that, you know, get that 30-second knockout and don't get touched. Um, uh, but it's the training again that I'll go back to. Um, also, uh, you look at wrestling. Wrestling was no joke. Uh, I remember this match uh, that we briefly talked about uh, off air in Montreal, where I ended up taking, I think it was 11 or 12 chair shots. It was almost like a Jeez. badge of honor uh, and just keep putting your head up. And, and I remember laying there on the ring, like on my back at the end of the match, and I could hear the crowd. But I couldn't see anything. It was just black. And I couldn't hear any of the wrestlers. I couldn't hear the referees. But I could hear the crowd. But I couldn't see. So um, I, I got something just popped up here, boys. Uh, yeah, I'm still here. Sorry, just there was a little pop up there. There we go. Good. Uh, <laughs> that being said, uh, sorry, where was I again? Uh, the uh, documented concussions, taking 15 chairs to the face, not hearing yeah. the crowd or not seeing the crowd. Uh, so, yeah, out cold uh, multiple times. Uh, football, there was only about two instances in, in a full 10-year career of D-line where I actually got knocked out, I think, twice in one game. Uh, there was one time I tackled uh, a tailback or a fullback. Um, he ended up uh, doing the bobsled there. Uh, Lumsden's son, Neil Lumsden's Neil, Yeah, son. Jesse Lumsden. 
Yeah, Jesse, Jesse. I think it was Jesse or it was one of the big fullbacks they had Edmonton. Long story short, hit him in the hip, fumbled the ball. But, uh, I, yeah, I was out cold. I remember going back in the game and getting knocked out again in a, in a, on, a, on a kickoff team, uh, running down, and a guy ear holding me on a kickoff team. And that's like twice in one game. Uh, I can remember a time when I played with the Argos where almost for a full month I didn't practice at all. I was just playing games. So I would sit out the whole week of practice. They would hand me my helmet uh, pregame, and I would play that game. And then come Monday again, they'd take the helmet away, and I wouldn't. They, that, that lasted for at least three weeks that I remember. So I think, you know, when you look back, all the little ones, it's it's the big ones that uh, I think did that yeah. massive damage uh, over, over, over time, yeah. Uh, well, your football thing started a little bit earlier, so I'm wondering if like the, the constant beating of football then led to some of the bigger ones in terms of the wrestling and, and MMA stuff. You're already, your brain is already pretty sensitive and beat up before it gets to those sports where you know now you're more susceptible and maybe the bigger ones come at that point. It's, it's, uh, the science around it is still fairly new. Um, you know, I've dealt with it. I, I almost quit football after university because my last year there, I was out with a concussion the, the, the full year. And, um, you know, it's just you start that was right on the cusp of all this CTE talk. And, um, yeah. you know, it, it was fairly concerning. So obviously, from somebody in your standpoint, when you're, you know, listening to stories about, uh, you know, Mike Webster, Junior Seau, uh, Benoit with the wrestling uh, even up to Aaron Hernandez and, and whatnot. Um, Dave Dewerson. Dave Dewerson is one yeah. that really hit home. Uh, the Bears talk about it all the time. A lot of the ex-Bears, they, Dave Dewerson was the leader in that secondary, but like Mike Singletary was the nutball and Dewerson was the cool, cool head. And people thought it was the other way around. For him to take his own life, I think was really, I think it really perked up a lot of the NFL um, in, the, in the sense of like, whoa, hang on a sec here. Well, no problem. Junior Seau for me was the one too. I mean, there was a mm-hmm. guy that was still had so much ahead of him and uh, retired and still had such a, a, a bright future. Uh, and the also thing that really makes me, you know, worried, I guess, in all honesty, playing the simple guys, yeah. is that he would have had all of the doctors at his disposal, all of the best CTE doctors. He would have had all of the specialists, and they still end up taking their lives. You know, why am I any better than that? Why are my doctors any better than that? Uh, am I any better than that? Will I deteriorate to that point again? Um, will I let myself deteriorate to that point? Um, these are all questions that I deal with, um, and there's some pretty hard answers in there um, if you kind of separate those questions as I just kind of round them off um, as far as the answers are concerned. Uh, and for me to say that I am not concerned is a bold-ass lie. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, it no, re- it's really, really, uh, I stayed at Chris Benoit's house when, when he killed his kids and his wife and then took his own life in the same house that I'd been to. And this is before I'd even thought I had a concussion, mm. you know, that was just overwhelming for me. That was just an absolutely staggering situation. Um, so to have these situations now where I'm in the mix of them, um, where I have confusion issues, where uh, I know when my brain is done. Um, we're getting close to it right now, but uh, I know when my brain is done, um, and I know I have to just go and retreat, and you probably go downstairs into a dark area and just sleep and have a nap. Even if I don't sleep, I'll just stay in the darkness, and it just doesn't stimulate my brain anymore because it's done. Um, it's out of it's out of functions. Um, yeah. So 
I worry about if that happens to me and I'm out of functions, then I'm not making decisions that are going to be relative to being, uh, yeah. I don't want to be, I don't want to be a statistic guys, you know, yeah. and I just don't want to be one of those guys. Um, I still believe I have a fairly decent life that I can live and share with my kids, uh, and, and can be there for them. And, uh, I'm doing everything in my power to make sure that I'm not one of those guys, but I am not going to sit here and lie to you and tell you that I'm not going to be one of those guys because I've thought about it. Uh, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you exactly why those guys take their lives. Okay. Cause I've come to this conclusion. It's when your own family doesn't understand what you're going through anymore. These are the people that you're right are around you and they perhaps react in a different way to you than you would see it. Uh, and you would think to them like, don't you know I have a brain injury? And they forget sometimes. They're kids. They're 15, 16-year-old kids. Mm. You know, they argue, you argue with their parents. You want to win the argument. Um, for me, sometimes it gets to be too much. I, I feel defenseless because I can't defend myself. Um, so those kind of issues, um, I, I worry about a whole hell of a lot. Um, but that's when God comes in again. And uh, that's when uh, I, I hope I get a sign that I will go and move away and I'll probably in the bush somewhere. Uh, I have uh, visions of living in a one cabin uh, place with, uh, you know, all the, with the solar energy and a, and a spring for water so I can drink and just be by myself. I, I enjoy my alone time. I have a four-year-old black lab and uh, that's, that's who I spend most of my time with in all honesty um, because I don't have to worry about uh, a lot of things I have to worry about uh, when I talk to my loved ones or uh, the medical field was another situation that caused the frustration that uh, I could see some of these guys possibly taking them their lives in a, in certain situations because really? I had medical doctors asking me questions about my memory. Well, you look at my charts and it tells you that I've got a brain injury. It's, it's not any secret that uh, there's a, a, an established brain injury. So why would a doctor not know any better than to ask me questions or to base his diagnosis on my ability to memorize what's happened to me and when it's happened? Yeah. Um, those kind of situations that where you kind of go, wow, if these people don't understand, well, then, then how is you know, the average person supposed to understand? And uh, that's when I can see these guys saying, that's it. You know, that's, I, 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 can, I can deal with the, a lot of other things, but I just can't deal with that. Well, you're, you're certainly, by the sounds of everything, you're, you're super proactive. And I think mm -hmm. you're, you're trying to stay one step ahead of everything. And by doing so, you're, you're like, I think just being cognizant of the fact that you, you're dealing with these things is, is half the battle. And you understand it, whereas some people live it and then they just don't like uh, – you know, the kid, the guy that played for the Dallas Cowboys, 2 and A. Yeah. you know, he had he had CTE. I don't think he ever fully understood it. I think his wife said, I don't think he ever fully understood it. He took painkillers to the point where he, you know, he ended up o overdosing uh, accidentally. But you you understand that these things are happening to you. I think that's half the battle. So, you know, kudos to you. And, you know, the meditation, the spirituality, the mm -hmm. I think these are tools that people can put in their toolbox. They don't have whether they whether they want to follow you or not or believe you or not. That's up to I mean, they can't judge you, but they can at least put it in their toolbox and say, you know what? Maybe I need to reach for this if I am dealing with a concussion or, or what the, whatever the case may be. So it's good to have that in their toolbox. And, you know, your experience will certainly help help people if not save a life you never know so you know kudos to you for being so proactive in it and being so forthright because it's not easy you know no i know myself 
I, I deal with depression and anxiety uh, just just from a back injury I suffered in 2007 has caused chronic pain. So there were mornings where I, I used to, I used to be fairly athletic and now I'm not as athletic. And, you know, Brock and I have talked in the past about, you know, athletes suffer sort of two deaths in their life, their physical being and their career. And there's a whole psychological aspect to not being able to be an athlete anymore. That is depressing. You couple that with CTE or with brain damage. And and next thing you know, it becomes overwhelming. So Kudos to you for just being such a proactive guy uh, when it comes to this and being the face of it in Ottawa. There aren't that many athletes in Ottawa who talk about this kind of thing. You know, I uh, to take that even farther, I had a good friend and, and a guy who played football, and I'm just gonna he's gonna remain anonymous. Um, but I thought I'd kind of found this this kinship as far as Christianity uh, and the post concussion uh, thing that I deal with because it limits me. I can't remember, I can't remember scripture and a lot of things that a lot of Christians really pride themselves on is being able to uh, recite certain scripture and bring the Bible into today's world, which I love is when you can take, uh, you know, 2004 to 2,500 year old document and, and you can relate it to today's uh, relationship with my son this afternoon, something that's happened. Um, that's the beauty of it. Um, the ability to do that is something that I don't, you know, I have, but I have to relearn it every day. Like I just sit there all day long with my earphones in a, cause it blocks a lot of sound for me. Uh, but B I can't remember this stuff. I have to reteach. I have to reteach myself every day. Uh, not so much, you know, the meditating and stuff I can do pretty quick now. Uh, I don't have to go to the beginning stages of meditation and, and, and those type of things. But, um, you know, other things uh, I have to relearn on a, on a constant basis. But that goes back to what you said, Pep. I, I don't get frustrated with that. Uh, I used to. And that used to cause a lot of frustration. And then that would spill over into my attitude and my into my mental outlook. Um, but now I just understand that that's just the way it is. It's a part of who I am now, and uh, it's what I have to do to get by. And it's what the God has intended me to have to do to get by. Uh, so I hope, as you said, Pep, that there's a couple guys out there because when they, they get as bad as me, nobody wants to talk about this, guys. Like, Brock, I mean, this is probably the last thing, you know, you, you've, you've had to deal with this and, and, and talk about this and think about it even more so. But now when I talk about it, it's it's pretty damn real. And um, like I, I can't go to a players association meeting and talk about this. They don't want to hear it. No, I... most guys most guys don't have it. Most of these guys, I, I remember going to a quarterback club and I thought to myself, that was one of those moments where I was like, if he doesn't get it, then who why am I here? I was with another football player, he was from a different era. He played, we're at a quarterback club, and he he basically chastised all these athletes who were faking the post-concussion stuff. And it was, it was, yeah, I get a few headaches. And, and he was an offensive lineman as opposed to deep and, and, and never played on a special team in his life. And, and, and I thought to myself, that was one of those moments where I went, Oh shit, if he doesn't get it. And this guy was sitting beside me in a locker room. How do I expect my wife to understand this? How do I expect my 15 year old son to understand this? So that's when God is definitely good for me. And uh, because that's stuff I don't understand. I won't, profess to ever understand it but with god i don't need to understand it i'll let him sort it out and when he feels i need to know what i need to know he'll let me know well that's that's, a that's good good enough for me that's That's a great way of putting it and i think that's the biggest hurdle in terms of these type of injuries is that it's not something that anybody can see you can't see it you can see your broken leg in your wrestling match 
and you can see your kneecap being backwards, whatever it was, you can see that, you know, it's an injury with the, the brain you can't. So if you have never experienced it or, um, from a, an athlete standpoint, I find it's very hard, especially at the, the pro level, because you've been so, I want to say indestructible or, you know, you feel like you're bigger than something. You almost refuse to uh, acknowledge that you're susceptible to something that maybe you're going to have an, an, an issue later on or whatever. And people refuse to accept that and believe it. And I think that's the difference. And, and Pep has kind of touched upon earlier that the things that you're doing right now, um, I think is going to be, I think, I mean, it, it's turned out very well so far. Like this conversation has gone, you warned me beforehand too, but this conversation has gone on very, very well and much better than I was anticipating based on the symptoms you were telling me about. But I think your proactiveness and the, the fact that you're, um, you know, with Dr. Kwan and your doctor and understanding your baseline and, you know, it would almost be able to identify issues that come up uh, earlier than, than not. But there's a lot of guys out there that don't do that and they're dealing with them by themselves. And I think that's where a lot of guys are going to get in trouble if they don't seek that help. So the fact you're doing that is, is huge. And I think it's, it's, you're leading by example of, for guys and saying, look, there is no stigma about going and getting help and making sure you have the right resources and you're taking advantage of those. And I think that that's a huge step. Well, and I, I thank you for that, Brock, because um, if this doesn't all go for naught and it actually has some type of a, uh, a value to this, um, because I, I want to, people to truly understand um, how bad it gets as well, um, like, um, and, but that for the others, that there is help, because I, I, I want to mention this. There's a, there's a place in the city, it's called the Robin Easy Center. It's a private organization, and I go to a group lead group meeting every Tuesdays and it's for other brain injury people. So there's a commonality. Most of them have slipped and fallen or they've had a stroke or they've been in a car accident, but we're all at the same boat where we have a brain injury. And so there's a lot of commonalities. So I get to go to a support group every Tuesday, which helps me kind of recenter things and prioritize things again. Uh, and then also through that same program and uh, through Dr. Kwan, I actually have a physio, uh, not a physiotherapist. He's an occupational therapist who comes to my house once a week and helps me to streamline uh, my social media and make sure everything's working properly. And it's, 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 it's not frustrating for me um, to make sure my house uh, is, is in order and it's not causing me more frustrations. Uh, these are all tools that I take advantage of because they're there and you'd be silly not to for one, but I, I, I just want to improve. I just want at least if I could stay where I'm at uh, and hold my own ground here, I'll be happy with that. So, uh, if you are that guy that doesn't want to talk about it, you can get help. You are going to wait 10 months to get in. You are going to wait up to a year to get in. But once you get in the system, um, there's people that are experts in this area that can help you. And uh, please seek it out because um, there is some good years still left. I'm hoping in this old body, I still got a couple more in there anyways. So I just want people to end with that in the sense of the brain injury thing, uh, unless you guys have anything else for sure. The resources for that you're talking about, do they actually, uh, do they do anything with your family? Like educate your wife and kids sort of about it so that you'd brought that up as being a frustration, a source of uh, frustration. Does the education for the family uh, come with that or is there resources for that? 
Well, and and it's probably more important than my own information, uh, uh, Brock. Is is the people around you as to going? Well, why is he acting like this? Why did that bother him so much? Um, so yes, um, they, my wife goes on Wednesdays and she meets with all the, the supporting casts of people who have brain injuries and what they go okay. through. So there is support for that. My kids are right, we're right now in a process of uh, trying to get uh, them to go see somebody. Uh, you know, with kids it's a little tougher. Um, yeah. to talk about, you know, some things and some things that, um, you know, bottom line, they can hurt your feelings. You know, they can, uh, I'm still very human. And, um, you know, to have your kid, uh, your, your, your son or your daughter say something to you that is hurtful, uh, is not pleasant. And, uh, they need to understand that. And, uh, I think if they don't, you're just going to be that much more unhappy and then you're going to be more volatile to them. And then we're going to be in this vicious circle that we can't get out of. So anyways, there's help out there, guys. Uh, You know, please, please seek it out. Uh, Be patient uh, as far as how long it takes you to get the help. But uh, you know, it's not the, it's not the end of the world. Well, I got uh, two last real quick questions for you, and then we're going to end this and let you uh, let you go because we've taken up plenty of your time, and I don't want you to uh, uh, be uh, uh, Drain my drained after this and, and not want to come back on. Uh, but real quickly, have you thought about or have you made arrangements at all for donating your brain to science after all this? Um, you know what? I, I, I haven't, and I haven't committed okay. to anybody give the brain i've got lots of people that want it um because you have to also understand this is they're never going to find a brain like this again because with all the education about post concussions and uh, concussion information nobody's going to allow their self to get 30 concussions anymore you know nobody's going to go through 25 or 30 concussions uh, or 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 three or four bad days of two each uh, two concussions per day uh nobody's going to go through that so i want to sell my brain I don't want to just donate it. I deserve a trip to Jamaica, all inclusive with my family, and then they can take my brain and they can use it for whatever the heck they want, whatever they want to use it for. Love it. To hold the door open. I don't care. Uh, but um, to give it away, I don't know. I'm still yeah. debating oh, on that. There's, no, there's value. That. There's, there's I, value. I have a commodity. I have a brain that has been misused in in, in three professional contact sports. And uh, yeah, anyways, I, I kind of joke about it, but it's almost one of the reasons why I have it because uh, I'm waiting to see if anybody, uh, you know, maybe I'll put it on eBay and uh, see if I can't get an option going. <laughs> All right. If you're out there and you're looking to make a, a, a bid yeah. on his brain and you can't get a hold of him, right. reach out to us. We'll get you in contact and we'll, uh, we'll facilitate a, a sale. Perfect. Um, hopefully it's not actually available for many, many years to come, but if we can sell yeah. it now or you can enjoy that, that cash, let's do that. The last my question I have take it this afternoon, my wife <laughs> said you can take the brain this afternoon. It won't affect it too much. <laughs> uh, the last thing I'd say is look, if you can go back and say, you know what, there's a 12 year old Glenn Kulka sitting there listening to this, um, what would you tell him? Would you change anything or what would you, what would you, what would you tell him? What's your advice for a 12 year old Glenn? Well, you know what, honestly, um, and people are going to say that, um, that he's, 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 he's bitter or he's, 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 he's spiteful. Um, but all I would say to these individuals and these young athletes is that now you have a lot of other sports at your disposal. Um, you don't have to go and bang your head to play a sport. 
Um, one thing I would really like to get, uh, if I could do have a do over is I would have loved to represent my country in some way, or shape or form, uh, whether the Olympics or anything, uh, obviously football was not uh, something that they did. Uh, but I'm thinking in, in boxing, I should have went, but anyways, long story short, you talk about some things that you uh, would look back on and maybe do again. Uh, that would be something that I would tell that 12 year old. Don't just necessarily segregate yourself to the team sports and professional sports, uh, represent your country, do something to make yourself proud and, uh, to make your whole family proud. Uh, and, and uh, you know what, the money will follow if you're any good anyways, for the most part. So, uh, that, and then just listen to yourself, you know, be kind to yourself. Uh, don't beat yourself up to death. Um, because your, your, your brain is a, is a little bit beat up. Um, uh, but for the 12 year old, he's not there yet. Uh, you know, try all the other sports. It, it, honestly, if, if you get a headache, if you get a concussion, just treat it properly. Um, you know, I can remember being on the sidelines, uh, and, in Shreveport, Louisiana, you talked about, we talked about the Glebemans, but I was in Shreveport, Louisiana, throwing up on the sidelines from a concussion. And my defensive coordinator looked at me and said, Glenn, are you going to miss the series? And I literally wiped the puke off my cage and said, no, coach. And I ran back in. Um, so don't have those <laughs> situations happen to you. I think education for the coaches yeah. as well as trainers and, and everything. And, and, and I didn't mean disrespect for, the, for them back then. Most of them did not know any better. Yeah. Uh, but those are situations you can control uh, and don't get into the habitual uh, concussion situation. If you get two or three in a row, you might want to try a non-contact sport. I mean, there's there's crazier things to to, to wrap your brain around, literally, literally, and uh, it doesn't have to be uh, you know the end all be all is that that full contact sport. Well, let me let me tell you this, and uh, I will say this when, in all honesty and g- genuinely, the last twenty five years, Ottawa sports and Glenn Kalka have been synonymous. Like your name is uh, well respected. You've done a lot for the community, and uh, this this last thirty seven minutes that's that it we're, we've been talking. I think you've you're going to help a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what, guys, I I, um, I bless you for giving me this platform to be able to talk about this. Um, maybe this will help uh, some people understand uh, where I've been, or, or, or like you said, uh, I don't have a sling on, so everybody thinks everything is just hunky dory all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, I don't expect to be treated with kick gloves. I don't want that neither. Uh, I'm still the same happy-go-lucky guy. Uh, I like to have a good time uh, and enjoy myself. Uh, just do it in different ways now uh, and, and have different things that uh, um, trigger those same uh, responses in my brain uh, as few and far as they are <laughs> sometimes. Um, but uh, I do bless you guys. Thank you very much for this. Um, it's been a pleasure and, uh, anytime uh, I can help you guys out or, or talk to somebody, uh, I'll be more than happy to do so. That's amazing. We thank, thank you so much you. for your time today. Yeah. Uh, we're going to end this episode and normally I would find a second song, but your reaction the first time I did it is priceless. So I'm putting it up again. This is your walkout song there you go. and there let's, you go. let's do this, but thank you very much for your time, man. Peace. Thank you. God bless everybody. Thank <laughs> you.